I'm I'm trying to in the back of my head because I haven't seen you in quite some time, and your kid is like twice as old as the last time he was here. <laughs> I'm trying to picture what kind of dad you are. A good one. I hope so. <laughs> Can't be worse than mine. <laughs> no, I could. You could be worse than mine, but that would be pretty horrible. Oh, I don't okay. mean. I don't mean quality. I mean like technique. Oh. Um, is it? Is, it's all just passive aggressive guilt, right? And you're listening to Fantastic Neighborhood episode one thirty one. I'm Fred, and I like reunions after I, a long period of time. Dude, I'm I'm John, and I like podcasting with my bro Fred. It's, <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a minute. Like we did our uh, we did a year end sort of thingy yeah, back yeah. in December, January ish, with uh, young Alex O'Neill came in assisted. Um, Lovely young Alex O'Neill, who I did not see at PAX. Co-host of uh, the Brosy. Oh, he's out working, man. He's got his like his little pack oh, of his little pack of Cub reporters. They're like, uh, their their clubhouse when they're out covering games and <laughs> doing stuff. It's a it's a professional organization, dude. I mean, you like, can't mess with it. Hey, dude, like for real, we have you and I have applied for press passes before and gotten denied, and the, the those those kids get them. So. They're just summarily denied. Get out of here. There, which with, reminds me, with, we got to start with extreme prejudice. I think very soon I'm just going to have to start covering board games on this show, so I could try to get a badge to the new packs. Yeah, I mean, uh, wait, is that a seg? Monster segue. Monster segue. It could be. Yeah. So, John, I went to PAX East this this. Two weeks ago, give or take. How is it? Same um, as it ever was. Same as it ever actually, was. Actually, this was a was. this was a good year. I gotta admit, um, last year I wasn't so wild on it. This year was pretty good. Um, you know, it's it's packs, right? Same tropes, but um, you know, so, some. I'm not gonna go over everything, but I did have some notes I wanted to go over. Some some points of interest of things I saw this year, right? Okay. So first of all, I gotta mention this uh, on the last day we were Monster Mench. On the last day we were there, Ed, uh, you know, friend of the show, Ed. Ed Sheeran, uh, ginger guitar wonder. Yes. Um, he managed uh, at the beginning of the show, and he does this every year. He's got he's got friends. He got an exhibitor badge. Like oh, a, yeah, a, yeah. He's done that before. Yeah. He does that pretty much every year now. He's such um, a sh- fucking shyster, man. Like, he's really... <laughs> like, he's always, he's, got, he's always got scams around him, man. But on the last day, he actually, like, he got us onto the show floor an hour early. Fresh. And uh, I want to mention that the security protocol for getting us onto the show an hour early was Ed going, here's my exhibitor badge. These guys were with me and the security guy going, all right, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And we walked onto the floor. So a few things happened while we were on the floor before the proper show opened. One, it's a day and night experience. It is amazing to be on that floor before the proper open. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, a lot of the booths are just getting set up, but like a lot of them, you know, they, they, they go, okay, well, other exhibitors are going to want to come here and play our games because they don't have a chance otherwise. So they treat you like an exhibitor. So like I got done in one hour, what would have taken me maybe the entire day on the show floor waiting for 
spots in line. That's like it was awesome. I got to play. Uh, I got to play Tekken Seven. I got to play uh, the new, <laughs> the new release of Bullet Storm, which we'll talk about in a Ugh, bit. I got fun. to play Un, uh, uh, Quake, the new uh, Quake Champions or whatever it was. It was it was really cool, um, and just being on the floor when it's kind of desolate is really interesting. But um, it was a lot of fun. Um, Chris Giselle, who other friend of the show who got, who was with us, got caught by an enforcer not having an exhibitor badge. And they detained him on the show floor. Ugh. Like literally, literally the, the dude who I'm sure was like a third of Chris's size um, told Chris, like, uh, I have to hold you here until the show floor opens and like wouldn't let him leave. And like Chris tried to like walk away at like 859 when people were on the show floor already. And the dude was like uh, looking at his watch. Hey, no, um, you got one more minute, dude. Like like being scolded at school. Jesus. Which uh, anyway, um, um, dude. Yeah. Uh enforcers yeah uh, still exactly. guys it's like guys you aren't getting paid like i mean you give some people a power it's like i mean shit like the there was a huge list of them like in the uh in the guidebook for the show this year they had like a spread dedicated to the enforcers and there must have been like 300 people like think of how many dollars that would be if it was a minimum wage job uh, a shitload in in Seattle, where the minimum wage is fifteen dollars. I don't know what the yeah. world's like in Boston, but yeah, I mean, like that's always like the thing. Like I've just, I I've realized now. Well, I do packs a lot differently now that it's it's. Now that you're an industry insider. Well, now that it's just like a local thing that I just I can take a bus to and go home and sleep in my own bed at night. Uh, or yeah, well, I, that's a big deal. Or before I like before I moved like walk to, <laughs> like I walked to, I walked to packs from my house. I went home for lunch, <laughs> and then I came back. <laughs> like, um, it's pretty good. That's a pretty good setup. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'll, this could be your, your dream, man. You just gotta come visit for the uh, the right. Pax Pax West. So, uh, some observations about the show, John. Um, Pax first by and Pax foremost, West. Uh, Twitch is becoming like a show monolith. Like they were everywhere. They had several panels. They sponsored the coat checks this year, which was actually a huge convenience. And, um, uh, like, just, just everywhere you looked, there was Twitch stuff. They announced their uh, desktop app at the show this year. Yeah. And then Wait, did they? Um, I thought they announced uh, GDC. No, uh, they announced Twitch maybe, Commerce at GDC. I don't know. There's a lot. Yeah, of- this was maybe, – maybe they, I don't know. Maybe they didn't announce, announce it, but they definitely announced feature sets or something like that. I went to one of the panels about it. Um, it was real interesting. They're really – they didn't – say it directly i'm sure they would deny it but they're really i think trying to put uh compete with things like steam and trying to put things like discord out of business that's my guess well yeah i mean that wouldn't surprise me um i'm kind of interested from like a so microsoft the company i work for uh yeah, blah 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 blah. that's oh, full disclosure guys yeah full dis- full frontal disclosure um they <laughs> they uh they own beam right so the, the beam is a, a a twitch competitor like this, right. like with interactive features and super low latency so it's interesting to kind of like having it sounds a, pretty it sounds pretty good i mean i'm not gonna lie it's really cool uh but you know it's obviously like it's it's one of those things like oh it counts for all the build, all the a hill of beans if you don't have um the audience and twitch has like this gigantic audience so it's kind of interesting to see uh, this kind of competitor, like a competitor, like an underdog coming from like the biggest software company in the world, uh, competing with like 
this monolith and streaming that is owned by the biggest like internet retailer in the West, right? Because Alibaba right. is bigger or whatever. So it it, it is kind of interesting to see that competitive landscape. And I can tell you this, like the you know the Twitch presentations at GDC. By the way, I went to GDC. Were like you know they're beating away people at the door, beating off people at the door. Which is why, hey, which that's is why everyone was trying to get in. I'm like, oh wow, yeah, I'm there, man. Uh, gug. Um, but then, uh, you know, Beam turned out not quite as not quite as packed, but like announcing really interesting things. So I think it's in, this this space is super cool, and then the way it comes together, uh, the way it synergizes across offerings is is. Vertical integration and efficiencies. Right, because you're looking at, like, the Amazon... They announced Twitch Prime uh, several months ago. Now they announced Twitch Commerce, so selling games directly from the Twitch Mm -hmm. platform. and then Which is integrated into the app. So you see, like... I mean, you can extrapolate what Beam is all about, right? Because, like, Beam, Xbox, Windows Store, like, you can see... uh, Like, Windows Shell, like, you know, like, you can see kind of where you you could kind of see where where that story plays right. out and and it's definitely like one of the more interesting game business places to watch right now and then when you really step back and like think about what streaming is man <laughs> that's a, it's the people who used to go to the mall to just look at people yeah <laughs> i was actually going to say i'm it's, so it's... i'm so lonely I'm, that's, that's I'm not, not saying everybody who's into streaming is a, a lonely, uh, what's the word, gadfly? That's a word, right? What's a gadfly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but I mean, I like, not every accurate. Okay, not everybody is that, but, like, I mean. Some people are that. It, it's a weird, like, streaming is YouTube. I think, like, well, man. you're talking you're talking a little bit more about the audience, right? I, was, I always think about the content creator and, like, oh, the. Oh, hashtag uh, content creator, hashtag the, uh, influencer. The hey man, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a living on Twitch and I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a million dollars or whatever and then like you know of of the thousands of people who do that like maybe like three make it so well, it's very much like Hollywood and then and then if they're making dude, a million it, it dollars totally that means is. Twitch is making a billion dollars you know but I mean it totally is and like I mean you you see this a lot like a lot of stuff in the games industry is especially this way is like games journalism right there's a thousand like minor sites and there's 15 jobs at GameSpot right. or something like i that, mean not like know? us we're amazing well we did we we're we're we professionals are, we are purely doing this as as a way of hanging out with each other and we make our money from an uh from uh real jobs i don't know about you man i was in it for the groupies um yeah, Harold. They've yet to materialize, <laughs> but soon enough. Uh, the one guy that listens to our, hey, Harold, what's up, man? Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, there's so few spots for success. And, right, like, it's it's kind of, man, you're like, ah, I can, I could, and you have to, people who are successful have to work at it, and even that's no guarantee. So, right. um, with that, I would like to announce my premium Twitch channel. You can find me at, uh, yeah. I was actually thinking of like, man, I play enough games that like I should just stream when I'm playing. Like, why not? It's not really that big a step past what I'm doing. But then I stopped and I thought to myself, like, who the hell is gonna watch me play Paragon at two a.m.? Like, what? But then what, you. What, but the thing would... is, you have to talk. Then you have to. But you have to fill. Like, you have to talk. I know. You have to. You have to stretch. Um, 
but yeah, okay, so, so Twitch was a big presence there, but um, enough about Twitch. Let's talk about the show floor. Dude, so what was very weird about this year, um, you, you, know, you know and love lying culture as much as I do, right? Um, this year at, at PAX, it was not as packed as it always is. What? But you I could, thought this was their most attendance ever. It, I think it is, but I think they um, they actually spread out things a little bit better. Like the show floor, the gaming section was not as large as it was last year. They actually reduced their like footprint for board and card games. Yeah, finally, it was still there. Yeah, finally get but, that like, analog bullshit out of here, man. Yeah, so they, they reduced that, and then I think they moved a lot more to sort of the sides. They moved it to the uh, like the panel rooms and all that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think there may have been something about having smaller booths because no one had like an enormous booth like they have in the previous years, like the, the League of Legends booth that you had last year, which was like literally a third of the show floor. Like it was huge. Like it was, it was like that whole, like it was, there wasn't anything that monolithic there. Can we only refer like to a, it as lol? I want to lol. lol. Lol, as the lol booth, um, and then even like sort of like the gaming, like the uh, the esports arena stuff was a little smaller. So I think they they cracked the code about how to like fit more people in. But the other thing I noticed is that the the premier games that people wanted to wait online to play, um, they still had massive lines. Like Bethesda still had huge ungodly lines to play to play Quake, right? People wanted to play that. But the stuff that people didn't necessarily like that wasn't AAA, like I have to play this before it comes out, even though it's on open beta right now and I can just get it. Um, you could just you could just walk up and play them for the most part. They were actually pretty open. Nice. That's good to hear because uh, yeah. I find that shit just pretty. It was and, and, and someone accredited a lot of it to maybe the weather because we know some flights got canceled and all that. But I don't know how severe that was. But um, it was it was a good show floor. Saw some good stuff there. Um, the indie mega booth is very rapidly just sort of encompassing the entire show floor. They have like a, it's, they have it's a presence ever at, expanding. Yeah, they have a presence at GDC two man indie mega booth. Yeah. So, dude, there's so much to play at GDC. Like you didn't even, I didn't, even, I totally forgot. I'm like, oh, it's all commercial stuff on the floor, and then I forgot that there's a completely other flo- show floor that's yeah. mostly <laughs> games to look at. And I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, I don't even like. And I was partially there, like pimping my uh, my my product, like. So it was like, oh, handing out cards and, and crap like that. And like, you know, also trying to play something here and there and like talking a big that game. thing. What we do sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty cool. It's cool. It's cool. So, um, so there, uh, there's that. And then, you know, I did a couple of panels. The, 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 one of the, the, the two that I did that were interesting. I went to, I went to a Twitch panel, but that was just them talking about product features. Um, I went to one called uh, Make Fancy Dumb Stuff, which was about how to, not how to, but like people's stories about trying to get their their game off the ground. And it was mostly analog games. It was pretty much board games. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, it was emceed by, uh, I forget her title, but she works at Cards Against Humanity and she works for uh, Black Box, which is their like distribution company. And she did a really great job of moderating it. So one of the best things that, happened at the panel though was not the panel itself was uh about it was an hour-long panel and about 40 minutes into it the woman who's moderating it goes okay guys listen we're gonna open up the floor to qa in about five minutes but before we do that i want you all to stop and take a deep thought about what the hell you're gonna ask and should you be asking it 
Like they were all, all the panels I went to were like really meticulous about not letting people go up and do the typical PAX QA, which yeah. of course, you know, is like, um, well, first I'd just like to say, I think your product is great. I've been playing for five years. My main is a, you know, it just goes on and on. Um, and then the other panel I went to that we, we, uh, I don't know, I wasn't planning on it, but Chris talked us into going was the Friday the 13th video game panel. Yeah. Isn't like Adam Sessler on that team? Um, maybe, but he wasn't at the, he wasn't at the panel. Um, it, dude, it's a game I really didn't I wasn't following, and now I know pretty much everything about because of this panel. Um, it, so it, the the show started off with them showing a a kill trailer of Jason killing people in the game, and it had it had a song, and I have to find this song. If I can find this song, I'm putting it in in the episode. The song was, do you remember the song at the end of the Aliens Game Boy game? Oh, do it was, I? It was at that level. Nice. It was like, Jason Voorhees going to kill people. It was so bad. Oh, it was amazing, dude. Oh, that's great. Um, I'm sure that's online somewhere. I have to find it. Um, hey, everyone. This is Fred. I'm interrupting Fred to bring you the song. The song is called Killer by a band called Crazy Licks. Spelt L-I-X-X. Here's a small sample. A cold summer night See the mist rise from the lake mm-hmm. Their bodies still But I learned a couple of things at that panel, uh, not only about the game, but about life. Um, first of all, people get way too hyped for character models. <laughs> they were showing the character model, like 3D renders of the Jason character model. And like, here's a version of Jason we haven't revealed yet. And like, at the best, the character model is just going to look like the actor who played the character in the movie, right? Like, that's, isn't that the, the best case scenario? Like, oh, it looks like the thing? Sure. Yeah, dude, every time they showed, like, a new angle of, like, Jason from Friday the 13th 7, people were losing their shit. I only want Jason Jason X. I only want Jason X. And he's not in the game. What? DLC. Yeah. It's got to be DLC. I know. It's going to be DLC. It has to be. They even addressed that. They said, like, we can only fit so many in the initial release. So they did uh, Jason's uh, original to to Goes to Hell, and then they made a new Jason for the game, that was uh, designed by Tom Savini uh, for Jason in Hell. Is that a movie that never came out or something? Yeah, like it's basically like it's a it's you know we're filling in canon basically. Okay. Storyline canon, like because you know the Friday the Thirteenth canon is so protected. Jason takes Manhattan. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, one. Yeah, although that, most of that movie takes place on a fucking boat. I know, right? They're in Manhattan for like five minutes, and yeah. then he punches that dude's head off. <laughs> the best part of the movie. Um, so yeah, so 
it was it was a fun panel. I mean, it wasn't something uh, I would probably go to of my own volition. And from everything I saw about that game, it's Evolve. It's Evolve with Jason. That's all it is. Hey, maybe they found the fun, though, you know? Maybe, maybe. I mean, people probably like it better because it's Jason and it's, like, violent, but uh, whatever. Um, there was, so there's one last thing I wanted to talk, to ba- talk about on the show floor, John. So Bulletstorm. You remember uh, Bulletstorm? Dictates. Dictates. Um, they're re-releasing it, and they had a playable version of it. I don't really know with what they're Duke doing. With Duke Nukem to- in it. With Duke Nukem in it, and I think that's the only thing. And here's what they did. And it's, and I and it's HD. It's HD. If it's HD, it's a- it's HD. And uh, I think, and I could be wrong here, but I think they added some multiplayer features for like online because they want that streaming community. I guess. Um, the Duke Nukem thing. They took the game, and they took the main character out, and they just slapped Duke Nukem in with new dialogue. But his dialogue doesn't make any sense in the context of what they're saying. In a, almost in a way that's kind of amazing. <laughs> I know it's 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 like literally he's just talking in non sequiturs or in his own plot, and the stuff the guy is saying back to him kind of doesn't make sense. So see, I think like that's what Duke Nukem Forever needed to be was like, yeah, right. <laughs> Duke is like completely out of touch. Everybody thinks he's this giant fucking loser, and he's just like keeps doing this shit. Like that he used yeah. to do, you know. Um, that said, fighting you, booby aliens. Yeah, can you believe Bulletstorm is a sixty dollars video game? I know, right? That's the thing, dude. What the fuck happened to Gearbox? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't go to any of the Gearbox panels this year. I'm sure they had like they every year they do it, and every year they like give away stuff so people like going. But um, I'm, I'm just like whatever. Borderlands three will come out, and I'll play it, and that's all I care about. Will uh, it though? <laughs> Will it? it? Will. Battleborn. Um, How much did you love Battleborn? Oh, dude, you know, I bet you that game is not as bad as, as the rep it has. It's probably not I'll bad. It's probably just not good. Like, here's the thing, man. Uh, that game was a victim of timing. And not being as good as the other stuff that was out. You can get well, that, that too, game but... uh, to your door right now for $8. Uh, $8. He'll be there in, a, in two days. One day if you order it with $28 of other shit. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I've never even played it. Um, uh, if, uh, if I ever did play it, I'm sure I'd, I'd get it a week before the servers were taken offline. Oh, dude, but, I'm uh, almost positive this they're going to try like re-release this as a free play, free to play or something. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, they sh- probably should have done that in the first place. I like Which how actually I like how Blizzard like seemed to like pick on these guys like every time that I think they had like a an Overwatch beta the day Battleborn went live or something like. Yeah, that. Yeah, they like, did. Oh. So, um. But, like, dude, that's that's actually, to me, like, it surprised me that Overwatch, I didn't think Overwatch would be as big as it is. I And I know, like, oh, I underestimated Blizzard. That was dumb. But uh, I didn't think it'd be as big as it is because it was a $60 game that probably should just be free to play. I think it was originally. I mean, but hey, whatever, dude. They do what they do. Um, I yeah. think I think it's crazy. It's banana bread that uh, what's happened to Gearbox, though, dude. Because at this point, like... They're teetering on having more misses than hits, right? Like, yeah, they're pretty uh, close. Alien, Colonial Marine. I think. I don't know. I'm guessing the pre sequel. Oh, that was 2K Marin. I mean, like they re released games. Like Pitch I was gonna Pre- say, like the 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 Telltale Borderlands was great, but it wasn't really a Gearbox game either. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Whatever. Like, I also think they're kind of particular brand of humor is kind of aging in the way that um 
that Duke did. Well, uh, I mean, it's really not that far removed, is it? Well, I mean, it's it's like it's meme humor. It's two thousand. Yeah. It's very like late late aughts, right? And I think like you, yeah, but you also could literally take that Duke Nukem character and just plop him into uh, uh, Borderlands and probably just be fine. Yeah, uh, dude, what I would like to see have a new Duke, and I think I'm stealing this probably from giant bomb or idle thumbs or i don't know somebody it's not, not an original thought here but like if, did you hear about the it was a game called uh Matt, the return of matt hazard bat blood bath and beyond or something like that you've told me about this so it's this game uh, where you, this like guy yeah. was like this video game hero and then he's like down on his luck and he comes back and it's not nearly as clever as it should be but it's a good premise right um but it, like the the idea of like duke being and i feel like there have been like maybe movies like this but like he like he he's like al bundy at jace right like he's like oh you know i scored four touchdowns for pole high like and like dude we don't fucking care like get this fucking <laughs> get this guy out of here like um instead of like i think they're still treading on him being cool and that's problematic yeah, no, uh, you're, you're talking about making him more like a Don Quixote figure or something like that, right? Like, sure. I mean, he could be redeemed at the end or through death. Um, <laughs> the only way. Um, but I think, like, did you see, remember 21 Jump Street? Like uh, The remake? Yeah, or, or the, yeah. like the movie, right? Like, And like they go yeah. back to high school and it turns out all the kids are like sensitive and shit. So Ch- uh, Channing Tatum's character, like who's like using gay as a pejorative and like right was the cool guy previously is now it's super lame um i need that that would be cool yeah but instead yeah, they think, just think... keep doing what they're doing yeah duke duke is the 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 13 year old from 1998 that never actually stopped being that yeah he's um, really like he's borderline ap- appealing to like openly appealing to like the gamergate crowd i feel like oh like the oh yeah you mean like yeah, game. I I just refer to them as the gaming mainstream now. Yeah, no, the American voting populace. Goobergate, yeah, <laughs> nightmare people. Ugh. Okay, so that's uh, that's sort of my my packs at a glance, though, John. It was a lot of fun this year. Um, looking forward to the Philly packs packs unplugged with their uh, emphasis on analog gaming, which I know is something that we don't really do so much, but. Uh, I think it should, I think that should be a good different experience. You need like people. You need to know people uh, to to play games with them in in Meat Space. No, that's true. That's always been the the problem, right? I uh... you know it, it occurred to me now that I have a house and now that I have this lovely basement. I was like, oh, I could have a game night here and invite my friends, and no one can tell me no. I one one person could tell me no. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh... So I've been playing. I don't have this on my list here, but I've now played Dungeons and Dragons twice. Oh, look at you! What what campaign settings did you use? I don't fucking know, man. I'm just like I'm just hanging out. I have was a, it medieval. Was it horror themed? It's just like vanilla. I don't know. It was just Mass Effect. Yeah. It was just the Mass Effect storyline as D and D. Well, so I just I have a I have a halfling rogue named Corbin Longmember. Oh, he would. <laughs> You fucking slang and dick. <sighs> okay, so John, you had a couple of things on your list. I want to. I want you to tell me about. Uh, um, you bought a switch, huh? Uh, I did. Of course, I did. I buy everything. Of course, of course, you did. 
why wouldn't you? It's okay. Um, it's, it's okay. How is that $300 game you bought? Uh, I'm sorry. I think you mean 348 plus Pro Controller. I don't know. We're looking at 410 pre-tax on invested on, on a single game. Thank God my wife that's, doesn't listen to the show. That's uh that's that's pretty good. That's uh that's almost cell phone microtransaction level at that point. Yeah. So let me tell you about Zelda. And I'm a little I know understand you don't have a Wii U, right, Fred? No, I do not. And you don't have a Switch. Don't have a Switch. But you did play the last two you you played Skyward Sword for Christ's sakes. I never beat it though. Okay, so let me tell you about Zelda. <laughs> Breath of the Wild. So you take the great parts of uh great parts of, of far cry right like the systems like kind of bumping up against each other mm-hmm. the, the different ways of of solving you know combat combat problems like just the the breadth excuse me breadth of kind of oh, man there's even more stuff than far cry there's just like can i pull this dumb thing off and then like sure enough you can and there's so much to like uncover in this game do you take the best parts of that Kind of the best parts of Skyrim. You take Zelda One, uh, not like not the post like Link to the Past where you have where it's like proceed like okay I have to get this thing so I can go to this place and this thing so I can go to this place. You can go anywhere like straight up and like the only thing is stopping you is like people will fucking destroy you like enemies will wreck wreck your shit. You take that stuff plus sprinkle in like the Nintendo slash Disney magic like that that only they can do. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, good stuff from Skyrim. It's like I'm, I haven't played a lot of Dark Souls, but I know they people are talking about like you know the some some Dark Soulsy type stuff. This is Light Souls, something like that. Um, yeah. see, so, and then this this thing comes out and it's a fucking gem, man. Um, I love it. I love it so much. Uh, I give it seven out of. Were 10. you a fan? Were you a fan of the other Zelda games? So like the modern Zelda games. I played ten hours of Twilight Princess. Did not really. I bounced off of it. Um. That is the only modern Zelda I've ever played. Uh, now that I think of it, I have, I've, dude, I haven't played Ocarina. Uh, I have Wind Waker, and I haven't played it. I played Secret, uh, Deep Dark Secret. I I hold within me. Um, I liked Wind Waker way more than I liked Ocarina. You know, I've heard that from a couple people. So um, yeah. I'm gonna play. I probably more. play that someday. Whatever. Uh, but I, you know, I've played Zelda one. I've played the um, a few of the DS ones, Spirit Tracks, and then the, the other boat one. Didn't finish either of sure. those. Uh, you know I've beat Link to the Past because I fucking talked about it on this show. Got we forced... game club that shit. It was man. I didn't. I liked it, but I didn't like love it. You know. Um, but this game is something something else, man. That's cool. I mean, it, if. Um... If that was a game that could ever come to a different system that I own, I would probably play it. No, but, you should play this yeah. game, man. I don't think I have the scratch for it right now. Always, always with that, Fred. Or the time, really. The time is the... Uh, so, this... it's becoming my Forza Horizon. Ah, in that, like, I plan on having... high Hyrule Horizon? Yeah, I plan on having, like, a main game, and then, like, this thing I can play for a bit here and there. Um, and... Yeah, it's you know I've been like I've been like just exploring and doing stuff because there's a lot of stuff to do just like oh, okay well I'm gonna walk for a while and I'll stumble upon something to kind of do mess with for a while um and haven't really progressed through the story that much and I think I'm going to try a story thing and then see where that goes and, and kind of 
go from there. Um, I'm really bad about that in open world. Are, are, are you the same way where like you, you do the story only as much as like you have to to get all the side quests and then d- then do every single it tangent? Like, you know, I ended up wrapping up the story, the mainline story in Skyrim in like 50 or 60 hours and then but played that game for another 100 hours after that. Right. Um, I think that's definitely the way I am with GTA. Like I did not do much after... Not that there was much left. To, yeah, GTA, I, I kind of tried to do most of the side stuff before uh, finishing this this story. Um, yeah, it, it just really depends, you know. This has just so much, like... The thing is, like, it's very kind of minimal in what it tries to hold your hand through. Right. So you will literally be walking. You'll see something off in the distance. You're like, oh, I can go there uh, and do something. Um, and I do that thing. Um, and, <laughs> and it's, you know, it's got all these shrines, and these shrines are... Perhaps like mini dungeons, but more mm-hmm. akin to I've heard them like discussed in the same way that that portal like uh what do you call the each individual room? So like you know portal levels. Oh, a testing chamber. T- testing chamber. So they're like that right. uh, in a lot of places, and it's you know there are some real there. I don't want to like th- I know this game is getting like near universal praise and like tens out the yeah. ass, right? But like there, it's not without its diff- like parts that aren't aren't amazing, right? There is um. There's some motion control garbage, <laughs> but it's, here's part of the thing is like, like I said, there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of physics. There's a lot of systems happening. So a lot of times you can solve things in a way that are clearly, clearly not the intended way by, by like fucking with this stuff, which is so cool. Uh, just dropping rocks on people on every level. Yeah, oh, dropping rocks. I drop rocks. Uh, drop rocks, baby. I'll, I'll just give you an example. And this is, I don't know, a spoiler. Fuck fuck you if you're you care about this care. shit but you're in this like um so you're, you're in this like this shrine and you know you unlock a power up at the end of this shrine plus there'll be like a uh, a chest or whatever so it's sure. where you have uh it's a motion control thing and there's like a labyrinth that you have to like you know those puzzles where you have to take a marble and kind of like move this sh- yeah, yeah like the old wooden yeah, wooden puzzle thing with garbage the holes yeah. the kids used to play with before they there was good stuff to play with um so there, it's that thing basically you have to guide this ball to the end but uh what i figured out is if i completely flipped the controller over the underneath it's under you could it actually flips the whole labyrinth thing over and underneath the labyrinth there's just a completely flat board so i just like you know didn't have to fuck around with it i could just like rolled it onto that board and then kind of like delicately got it to the place it needed to be. Um, it, it was, it was kind of interesting, although still no excuse for those garbage ass motion controls. Like the, the, I'm really inter- the weird, they really kind of, th- this console is a weird thing that I kind of like, if it wasn't me, I wouldn't like, I would say like, don't buy this thing. Like if it wasn't like this right. crazy desire to own fucking everything, it needs uh it needs at least I'm going to say two more games worth owning for me before I look into it like uh, maybe Splatoon 2 <laughs> like I feel like I'd like that Yeah Well here here's the thing buy it now cuz you're going to want to play Mario Yeah I guess You're, you're going I mean there's uh, going to be enough stuff to Shelf space is shelf space is at a premium You're bro. in luck you could just it's a this replaces the 3DS I haven't touched my 3DS in... No, nobody has. Like, a year. I feel bad about it. They were not as prominent as you would think at uh, at PAX this year, for sure. Um, 
I think I think people have just moved on to their phones at this point, obviously enough, you know, like just, it is what it is. Um yeah, I don't know. How do you like the weapon system in that game? I heard oh, it's a little grindy. I hate it. Yeah. Like they've some of them like, "Oh, I got this sweet weapon. I hit something with it six times and now it doesn't work. Now it's yeah. it's broken." Do um, you uh do you, uh, you have you beat the game yet? No, dude, not even close. I've like I, mean, I said I've I, barely done any story stuff at all. I mean, at some point you have to get the master sword, right? And it has to be unbreakable. Like isn't that like I have it would no have idea. to be, right? Like, Zelda. I, but I think there are I have no idea. I I frankly have no idea. All right. All right. I'll allow it. Um, so, John, tell me about the thing that I know is eating at your soul. Oh, Mass Effect? Yeah, that was all over PAX. I didn't touch it, though. It's better, but good for you, man. <laughs> you don't like it? I mean, here. Okay, so basically, I sat down to play it last night. I was tired. You I, want you want more Shepard, don't you? It was 9 p.m. I knew I was tired. I was like, I'm going to sit down and play this for two hours. 45 minutes in, and I'm fucking literally asleep. Like, I'm like... Okay, I should uh, too, probably I should probably put this down. Uh, too much exposition. Oh, dude, it starts slow, so slow. Like everything about it doesn't seem. It seems kind of like so far. I mean, like I haven't <laughs> been in any combat yet, but like all of those other games start strong as fuck, and this game just like, all right, here's some stilted dialogue. Oh yeah, these faces look horrible. Oh yeah, for some reason this guy's torso is gigantic, and he's got these little tiny. These little tiny baby legs. These little tiny baby legs. These little baby legs. He looks like a baby. Sure, no, no, he's just a boy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I feel like I'm gonna continue playing the. Uh, I'm gonna play the ten hour the ten hour trial that that you know that if you sign up for a four dollar origin access or whatever you get to play ten hours. I'm gonna play that right. and then I'm gonna put it down and I'm gonna go play Persona Five. That's coming out in three weeks, and then uh, yeah, this game yeah. is going to be cheap as fuck at some point. I'm just gonna I'm gonna plop down fifteen bucks and play it. Um, realistically, like this is, I was thinking like, oh, this is Mirror's Edge Catalyst, like you know that build up, build up, build up, and they release it, and it's kind of like ah uh, middling. But I don't think it. I think it's far worse because I think like Mirror's Edge Catalyst for being um, kind of safe and blandish was certainly not actively bad in several areas and this is actively bad in several areas like it looks it looks pretty bad it starts really bad poorly like there's so much out there on the internet about kind of like how broken this fucking game is and that's just Mm -hmm. such a bummer because like these are supposed to be polished triple a games you know and it just feels like the, the stuff that's out there says this thing is a broken mess wasn't the the first Mass Effect like? Don't a lot of people look back on that and go like, "Ugh, it was just like a boring grind." Um, I, is it? I so the loading times were terrible, but like, I don't know. I mean, I went through that game pretty quickly. Uh, like, I finished it before two came, like in the few weeks before two came out. Uh, but I have fond memories of it. It's certainly the most RPG ish systems wise of the games. Um. I, I mean, I have fond memories of it for sure. Um, this, the character seems like, I don't know. It seems like the dragon, Dragon Age Two, of this. Yeah, that's a, that seems like a good parallel. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, what is, what is this? This is, this is lame. Um, this is, uh, this is my Dead Space Three. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm just like really bummed out by it. Fucking EA, man. Like, dude. Mm-mm. Nope. 
Do um, not like. Have, have you have you escaped getting bit by the horizon bug? Has that not come across your plate at all? I mean, I still play. Every, I still play Forza Horizon on the regs. Not no, not, not <laughs> I, I know, I know. Come on. All right. All play, right. Come on. Ah. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, might, like I saw that it's like pre. It must be a prequel, right? Because I don't see any modern cars in 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 it. In Horizon, <laughs> well, truck, Truckzilla is in it later on. So he, here's the thing: is like. I have this like I have this fucking running list of games that like I probably will never play, but I've stopped buying them. Uh, that's probably a good thing, dude. I gotta tell you, um, everyone I know is playing this game, and it, it it sort of like I I didn't even realize I was buying it until the day it came out, and I'm like, oh, I own this game. How did that happen? I guess I have to go play it. Um, it is so weird for me to be like, hey. You know the most beautiful game I've ever played and one of the most riveting open world games I've ever played is by the makers of Killzone. See, I've heard I've heard <laughs> yeah. that, man. I'm pretty I find it pretty interesting, you know? Like this is this is why all the Killzones beforehand were terrible. They were they were saving up all their effort <laughs> for this. Actually, the Killzones weren't terrible. They were just middling. Um dude, it's it's really quite good. Um dude, I'm I, just I, saying. I fucking want to play this. Sh- I want to play it. I think if you man I think my reaction whenever they announced it at one of those PS events or E3 was probably pretty meh. Um, I was the same way. When they, they were like, oh, it's all about dinosaurs and we're creating a new franchise, all I could do in the back of my head was going like, oh, good, a new thing that's going to be a trilogy. Thank God. We don't have enough of those. World building. Yay. You know, <laughs> but it's really good. Um, so tell me more about it, dude, because like, from what I'm hearing, uh, it seems like Zelda went like this super heavy systems way. Um, this sounds slightly Far Cry-ish. In in it's in... okay. Um, I don't know Are about you... the Far Cry connection. It feels a lot like um, it takes a lot of elements from Shadows of Mordor. I think um, not the Nemesis system because that Shadows like thing. Dude, how but, come nobody know, has fucking copied that? The Nemesis thing? Yeah. Also, because can we take a theirs. quick Shadows of Mordor break? Like, I just gotta say that, like, looking back on that game, there's a lot that bothers me about it. Oh yeah, and the new one is coming out, and it's probably gonna be even more bothersome. And I'll still play it. The fact that they gave a narrative talk at was it PAX or GDC when that the narrative in that game was fucking horrible. Like, yeah, it was well, bad. okay, the 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 the, the like absolute the actual narrative like what what was it the fuck ludo narrative dissonance was in that book we read but like yeah this the stories created by the nemesis system that shit was amazing but like the actual through line the way they set it up for a sequel when like it was supposed to be very a very like finite thing right. like there was like i'm on this quest for this and then i want to be dead and then well it's it's the the, the whole game is the god of war storyline which is really the death wish storyline right yeah and oh, fuck and then dude this i think the second half of that game when you go to the new territory but then i was just right. like nope <laughs> i mean, i like that game but like no i like the, it a lot too but like but horizon is way better that was also a fucking rough year yeah, right, P- picks the cat was on my list, wasn't it? Yes, it <laughs> was. Alex. Alex <laughs> likes to point this hey, out, man. No regrets, no regrets. Picks the cat was amazing, uh, still is. Um, Horizon does. Uh, okay, so here here are the differences. Here are the things that stand out about Horizon. Besides the fact that the game is absolutely gorgeous, like one of the best looking games I've ever seen. 
except the faces do not get like you're still oh, uncanny fuck. we should have talked about the mass effect faces dude they're so fucking oh, yeah. derpy oh my <laughs> god they're so like like oh is this like has the have these people seen faces before oh it's so yeah. bad in this game the main character and like maybe two or three of like the the storyline npcs have decent facial expressions and decent decent looks Everyone else looks like they're from that Final Fantasy's The Spirits Within movie. Like, it's pretty bad. But you're not playing it for the facial recognition, right? Um, it has a it has a good combat system, though it's, it's sort of like... Uh, it feels... The combat system... Individual fights feel grindy and methodical. It almost feels like a Monster Hunter game. Um, you know, because bosses just have like a massive pool of hit, of hit points, right? And it's and you, it's about are you crafting? You're crafting the whole game. You're crafting mid combat. You're fucking crafting. Nice. Um, you know, and 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 the, a lot of the game is hunter gathering, right? You're finding resources to make arrows, to kill bigger things, to make better arrows, so on and so forth, right? Um, so there's a whole crafting mechanic. There's um, you know, there's like a skill flowchart grid thing where you learn your skills and there's uh there's skills that are derivative of other ones where you have to learn the predecessor first uh the good thing about the game is it takes some of the the more i'm gonna say miserable tasks from some other games and and puts them up front one of the first things i noticed is one of the first unlocks you get is bullet time for the bow like on the skill tree like you get it very early on and like in other games I've played with weapons or, or bows specifically, you don't get that until much later in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the tree doesn't go too deep. Like if you really like a lot of the tier three and four skills are are sort of corner case ones. Like halfway through the game, or at least wherever I'm up to, like you kind of don't need to just invest every point as soon as you get it. You can start storing them until you get to a point where you're like, I need that skill to get past this thing. Um, and you know, there's a, there's a wide variety of enemies to fight and all, like all the robot monsters. Um, you can approach battles very differently. You can do stealth in the game. So it sounds, it's starting to it sounds very Far Cry-ish to me. It does. I think it is very Far Cry-ish. Have you, the you haven't is, played think, a Far Cry, have you? I, I played, uh, the, the Blood Dragon one or Shadow Dragon or whatever. Oh, Blood one Dragon, was. yeah. Yeah, that was all right. But, um, the, the, the difference is that the story in this is actually kind of great. At least so far, like it's going places. I don't mm-hmm. know where it's going to go, but like it has me interested. And it's not like it's not derivative nonsense like uh, uh, Shadows of Mordor was. And it's not there's not a whole lot of dissonance in it. Like you can stuff that happens in the game kind of happens and it makes sense. And then it affects other things. And there's not like you going on a quest and killing a bunch of guys and then they're back for a different quest later on. You know what I mean? Like it, it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. So they really thought it out. It's very good. I'm I'm very happy to play it. Um, it does, you know, playing this game makes me remember a time when a game was just a game and, like, you didn't have day one DLC and all that shit. Like, it's all there. A game was just trip. a game, kid. Let me tell uh, you something. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about back in Oi, my When day. I was your age, we got a game. We put it in the machine. It just wiped. It just wiped. And so sometimes it didn't. And then it was just, it was just wiped. <laughs> you blew on it. You blew on the cartridge. You blew in the cart. Hey. Blow in the cot. But oh, oh John, it's uh, I'm very happy with this purchase. This is this is one of the few sixty dollar first day purchases I've had in quite a while. Uh, you, and by sixty dollars, you mean forty eight dollars, right? 
Yeah. Okay. Thank 60 you. MSRP. Yeah. If you're paying for fucking, if you're paying, if you're paying full no. price, then you're fucking dope. What are you going to games? I don't, I don't play with that, son. You going GameStop? <laughs> GameStop. GameStop. <sighs> I think we're trailing off here, John. Oh uh, yeah, probably. I don't know, man. We don't. You want to? You want to move into Game Club? Oh wait. <laughs> uh, do you want to do Game Club? I mean, we're, I don't if, know. If what? we can do this like once a month. Let's do. Let's give it a, Do you want to go through the stop process? On uh, we could just go through it. Um, what What is a good smallish indie game that we can play for Game Club for next month? Okay, so I'm looking at the IGF award nominees, and by the way, I went to the IGF awards uh, and the Game Developer Choice Awards, and I fucking love that shit. Also, I am Industry s- Insider, dude. I am such a class act. Like I fucking brown bagged uh s- some beers in there, like a real classy guy, like. Bottles are clanking around in my backpack. It was awesome. Nothing, um, nothing is new about this statement. This is same old one hundred percent expected. John. I'd be surprised if it didn't happen. Okay, so do you actually want to hear about that night? Like, <laughs> sure. So uh, I met up with a bunch of uh, developers at Xbox, or I met up with a few of them who developers at Xbox and Beam, and we went and uh, because we had all decided we wanted to go to the war show, and it's not for everybody. They held a seat for me. I, like, figured, oh, you know, bring some beers for everybody. Nobody wants them, so I drink them all. Uh, I also had picked up a bottle of whiskey on the way. Did not drink that there, but I got lunch with these folks. Then Epic Games had a party, and I'm like, oh, well, the line is long as fuck. We should drink this bottle of whiskey I have because I'm, with, like, meeting with some other PMs and stuff. So, like, we end up, like, mostly finishing this bottle of whiskey, like, in this 15, 20-minute line. Uh, you know, it's not a huge thing, so I put it in my pocket. <laughs> like, they wave us in. There's no, like pat down or whatever that's at this nightclub and the fucking bouncer must have seen like the red lid post and i was like he just snags it as i walk in and like that's the end of it like he just snags it and i continue to walk in and i shut that nightclub down (laughs) the worst i'm the best i'm the fucking best and the whole time i was like how is i'm like how is epic affording this shit nobody uses their license at their engine anymore (laughs) no i know so um let me tell you about, uh, and you would know all this if you listened to my, no, I did not put this in my GDC podcast, but uh, Fred, if you don't mind putting a link to my GDC podcast in the show notes, people might get a kick out of those. I post them to my SoundCloud. So if you search for the uh-huh. real John Anderson on SoundCloud, you'll find my uh, my GDC wrap-ups. I got like positive reception from people at work, which is like really surprising because like it's incredibly nerve-wracking to do stuff like that. Uh, and send it to your colleagues when you. Yeah, that's always a little little scary sometimes. Especially like Microsoft, you know, you don't like people are you don't know how people are gonna react. So um, yeah. I'm looking at the list of excellent in nar- excellence in narrative games from um, the IGF awards. We have Lady Killer in a Bind, and that's by Christine Love. So that's uh, they had that at PAX. I saw it a little bit. It's uh, it's a Christine Love game. Yeah, so 19, 1979 Revolution Black Friday, uh, which is a, about Iran. I think that's two hours. Virginia, which I hear is is I hear is like a game that should be aimed at me, but is is uh, bad. Uh, Orwell, Event Zero, and One Might One Night Stand. Hmm. Uh, these maybe seem a little. Um, let me see how long uh, Night in the Woods is. A lot of those games. Oh. I think I saw that. I think I want to play that. Now, now I have to look that up. Do do do. 
I, I, you guys get to see the process. Fuck, no, this is, it's like eight hours, man. 25 goddamn minutes later. I would probably tune out if I was any of these people. Uh, two hours and 30 minutes. First person, event out. zero. Event zero, we're going to play event zero. Event hey, zero, which is probably going to make us long for other spaceship games. I, Tacoma was there. Oh, was it? Tacoma was there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I saw no. it. I see. It was, if you're watching the video feed right now, you just saw John's eyes light up like a it child was there, on ice cream. Day. It was there, and it was playable. And there was a joke that I, I it was hilarious to me. They, they, there was something about the Tacoma Dome, which is literally like a wooden dome in Tacoma, the Tacoma, Washington. I, uh, yeah, it's there. It's coming out, man. So we're gonna play for Game Club. We're bringing back Game Club, uh, and we're gonna play Event Zero, which I, my understanding is some sort of sci-fi walking sim. Sounds good to me. It's probably on Windows. Yep. I'm going to steam the shit out of that. Yeah. On my new fancy, my fancy new machine with all its video cards. What, what are you rocking video card-wise? What do you got hey, here? Guys. We got Actually, like my machine a, is not overpowered at all. You got it's, a couple uh, of turbos. <laughs> yeah, a couple of you turbos. You got NOS. You got NOS. I actually I built my machine to be quiet. That was actually the key. Um... So the case has noise reduction on it. I built it for podcasting, believe it or not. Yeah, I have my case has some uh, some my case is pretty silent too, but I keep it in like in the living room next to my TV, so I'm not super, uh, not stressed. Mine makes like zero noise. I love it. Um, and, uh, enough for Tech Talk Weekly, though. You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to Tech Talk Weekly on Fantastic Neighborhood. Tech Walk Talk Weekly. So, John, now that we're bringing back the show, albeit monthly-ish. Yeah, we're gonna I shoot think people, for that. People might want to know where to find us online. So, I think like I think that's what we're gonna do, right? We're gonna try to um, do this once a month, like at least maybe one guide in a month, like our little side podcast. I think we have a we might have those planned for the year because we're gonna do a, a Kickstarter retrospective, uh, starting next in probably in two weeks. Um, Sounds about right. Yep. So that will that will happen. Uh, but you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at Fantastic Hood. But you can find me on Twitter at Hey John Anderson, and then you can listen to my other podcast that is a uh, OC Rewatch podcast. So the teen drama from the the uh, mid aughts, the the OC. So that you can find us at uh, the the underscore uh, Bro C. No wait, that's not it. It's the B R O underscore C. Just search for the Bro C. Whatever. I'm sure you know. There's so many other OC rewatch podcasts out there. It's gonna Yo, be hard to find. Uh, but. So yes, there are. <laughs> there is in fact another one called the Bro C. <laughs> oh jeez. Um, how many how many episodes are you in there? How many how many more? Uh, so how many more do we have to look forward to, John? We've got twenty one. We've got twenty one done. Twenty. I've. You have like seventy to go. Oh, uh, so that that's gonna be the font that just keeps giving for at least a year and a half, huh? Yeah. Oh boy. Look look forward to the Christmas special. We uh, already did one. <laughs> oh boy. Um so yeah, if you want to find me, I'm at Proto Addict on Twitter. 
Um, if you want to find the site, of course, we are at fantasticneighborhood.com, and you can email us at letters at fantasticneighborhood.com or call us on the hotline. Oh, my God. We still have that? 720-HOODIE-6. And uh, if you downloaded this show on iTunes, it would be lovely if you could throw us a rating and maybe a nice comment. A couple of bucks. Throw some cash. Some cash, hey. Uh, with that, John, how do we normally end the show? Touch the shark. Touch the shark.